Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Hey there, it's Jason. Welcome to the show. I wanted to share a quick word about the episode today. It's one of our special Transition to Travel episodes where I interview somebody who has rearranged their life to either travel full-time or spend an extended period of time on the road, perhaps move abroad. And I record two interviews with them. The first one right before they leave to talk about some of the anxieties, the fears, the things that led up to the decision, and all of the sort of lessons we can pull out from what it's like on the journey before the journey is what I call that time where you're preparing to leave for an extended period of time and you have to make a lot of big decisions in life. Then we catch up with them months or sometimes over a year later to see how things are going, how life on the road is, how it actually panned out. And today I have the wonderful pleasure of bringing on my friend and friend of the show, Maxwell Lee, who decided to move abroad from the United States to Taiwan with his wife and his two small kids. So I got to catch up with him just 19 days before they left on this journey. And we talked about why they flipped the script and decided to spend eight months nomadically as a family before becoming expats. He shares some of the anxieties and fears going into the trip how they're going to support themselves financially, some of the insurance questions. We talk about a lot of the values that led to this decision. And what you'll really get is an audio snapshot of that time right before you're about to go on a big journey and make a big life change. And then you'll hear a second interview from almost a year later after they spent time living nomadically as a family, slow traveled through Mexico, talking about some of the plans they made and how they changed, what it was like to settle down in Taiwan. I asked him what, if anything, they would do differently. He shares one of his favorite resources for anybody that's slow traveling or moving abroad. And really the intention here with these transition to travel episodes is to give you a realistic snapshot of the reality of that, not the Instagram photo version of that, but what is it like? What is somebody feeling when they're about to make these big life changes to get on the road and travel full time? And then how does that experience match up with the ideas they had on the front end? These take a lot of tender, loving care to produce. Obviously, this episode took over a year to make. So I really hope you enjoy it and you're able to pull out some of those key lessons for yourself, for your next trip perhaps maybe you're in the process of making a life change like this we're all in various transitions in life at some point so i think there are some universal themes here that you might find helpful to you and i really hope you enjoy the show so without further ado let's get into it welcome to the zero to travel podcast my friend 
to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience, and talking about filling your life with travel. This is the reality of it, what you're going to hear today. These Transition to Travel episodes has been a mini-series I've done over the years. I don't have loads of them, but I have quite a few. Uh, They take a long time to produce, and I really hope you enjoy hearing these two interviews today done 11 months, almost 11 months apart. You'll hear them back-to-back, and I just want to say to Max, thank you for taking the time to do this. We actually got to meet up in Portland, Oregon before the second interview. So we talk about that. And one thing he brought to my attention is that somehow I never said welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend, which is my customary kind of introduction. I guess because we're, you know, we have this friendship and I guess I'm just so comfortable with Max. He's such a cool, like laid back dude. I just kind of, I don't know, we just started talking and and I kind of forgot to formally welcome him. So Max, I apologize for that. And I'm going to say right now, Maxwell Lee, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. And thanks for uh, recording this episode. So let's get into it. I will see you on the other side with some thoughts. You know, Max brought up uh, a couple things that I want to pull out. One of these is these two common fears. And I think uh, this was something that kind of caught my attention and something maybe to think about before your next trip if you want to break it down this way and and reconcile them. I don't know, it's some food for thought. I'll leave you with that on the back end. Plus a quote to send you off in your day. So please enjoy these two interviews with Max, one 19 days before they took off for their nomadic lifestyle and their uh, expat lifestyle abroad. And then the second one when they were nearly a year into their journey. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the other side. Man, this is exciting. Yeah, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I was just nervous about everything, just the environment. Like, I'm, I, I found this spot in the hotel to just, to, to just chill, but I don't know. To me, everything's feels like it's too loud and there's too many people walking by and stuff. Hey, listen, this is a travel podcast, so we like a little ambient travel <laughs> noise, you know, a little hotel background noise never hurt anybody. I always love the ambient sounds of travel. I, don't, I, I guess they can be the ambient sounds of just life, right? But there's something, yeah, when you go to different places, you, you hear different sounds, right? That's part of the travel experience as well. So it looks like you're representing your, your home state of Florida there. What do you got in your T-shirt? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's an Amtrak shirt. I'm very uh, nerdy when it comes to transit. So this is, uh, <laughs> I just picked it up at this conference last month and like I'm already very fond of the shirt. Well, do you actually prefer Maxwell? It's totally either one, completely. Either one is fine. Okay. Well, you've probably heard him before because there was a a stint for a while where you were leaving me these 
awesome voicemails every month and just inspiring me weekly. And I, I think I played one or two of them on the show in the past. So if his voice sounds familiar, you know, and then we've just been in touch through the whole premium passport thing and just, you know, just, just staying in touch. And, and I've come to learn that you have some big plans for your family. And then you offered yourself up as a guest to talk about this and do a special transition to travel episode, which if you've heard them before in the feed, I'm, I always get very excited about these because we really get a, a good before and after snapshot. And I mean, we got, we got a lot to talk about, man. We got a lot to catch up on. So thanks for, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show and just being willing to share. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So, well, do you want to fill everybody in quickly on kind of where you're at right now in the process? And then we will, we'll rewind and kind of go over the, the lead up to your decision and things like that. But I don't even know if you're like on the road right now or if you're going home for a little bit and then you're leaving. What is your plan right now in this moment in time as we're recording this on December 10th, 2021? <laughs> yeah. Um, Timeline wise, we are very close to moving out of our house and being on the road full time. And when I say me, I, there's my wife and we have two young kids. Yeah. Um, How old are they? We're, uh, six and three. Six and three. Okay. Yeah. So we are, um, I guess we're, we're heading out on the 29th. So that's uh, 19 <laughs> days. Um, like preparation wise, we're pretty far away <laughs> from, from making that move. We're, we're still, we've still got a lot to pack up and a lot of uh, loose ends to tie uh, back home. But uh, I, as you know, we're actually on the road right now for our last trip away from home before we do pack up and leave for good. And uh, so that <laughs> just makes it a lot scarier too. But hey, I, I think, um, I think I've never, I don't think I've ever had a single move that was just like stress-free. So, so this is just part of the course. <laughs> yeah. And when you say leave for good, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we do think there's a, there's a good possibility that we'll return years down the road. So, you know, it's, it's not forever, forever, but, but yeah, for the foreseeable future where we are, we're going to travel around North America for about seven months and then we're relocating semi-permanently to Taiwan and that will be, you know, we'll see three, four years, long enough that it's hard to say with certainty, but, um, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of a nomad thing and then, and then settle in Taiwan for a bit. Okay. So, so many questions, of course. <laughs> but let's start here with this decision. Why are you guys going for seven months around North America? Why did you plan it that way? And then tell people why you're planning on the move to Taiwan because there's a lot of exciting stuff around that as well. <laughs> Yeah, the, actually, the, the original intention has always been to move to Asia, and then we selected Taiwan. We can get into that. Uh, but once we decided to move to Taiwan, uh, you know, we were going to do that already. The original timeline was to have us there now. Uh, but because of COVID, because of a few different things, it's been pushed back a few different times, this move to Taiwan. 
And now we're pushing it back to August of next year. And that's sort of a deadline because we want to get settled there so that, and then uh, have my son start school. He'll be in first grade next September in Taiwan. So, so that we want to be there just before that. Um, and then since we kept pushing it back, we, we were mentally sort of prepared to leave our home by now. And, and so instead of moving to Taiwan, we decided we'd just use this interim period to travel around um, and, and kind of, uh, you know, a few different things, I guess, to scratch that itch of, of getting out into new environments. And then also um, give our family the, the chance to sort of get used to being in different places and, and, and prepare us in a way for that move. But, but it's kind of funny because I always thought that when we did relocate to Taiwan and have that sort of expat experience, I always thought that that was going to be the transition to then later doing full-time travel. Um, and instead now we've kind of flipped it a little bit and we're going to get a taste of this uh, traveling lifestyle before moving over there. And was some of that dictated by the school decision because school starting at a certain time, so you wanted to get established somewhere and you you just kind of saw this gap and you're like, well, we might as well fill it with travel? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, the yeah, w- with him beginning in September, um, that, that's sort of been a deadline for us to get over there. So Yeah. Um, yeah. And talk about your plans in Taiwan. I mean, we know the kid, was it your son or daughter will be in school? The other, yeah. what are you and your wife planning? Yeah, uh, it's it's slightly, you know, it's slightly up in the air. Um, you know, one one fortunate thing, we're really blessed to be in a position where we are location independent. But not only that, but we're we're sort of what we call lean fire, so we're financially independent, um, and we don't necessarily have to do. Um, XYZ to, to, to make money we can we can survive especially and this is partially dictated by that, that move to Taiwan we can with the lower cost of living in Taiwan we can we can live without without any um, additional sort of active income we can just live on our investments so and that's real estate stuff right for you guys yeah yeah it's pretty much it's, it's mostly real estate yeah so um, we you know, being fortunate to be in this position, uh, we can just do what we what we want to do, <laughs> what we're most passionate about. And so, uh, for my wife, it's um, right now she's working in investing. She's working in like uh, early stage startup investing, and uh, she actually she had been launching her own fund and running her own sort of uh, syndicate and firm to do that. Uh, but then she ended up getting a job offer to do basically what she was doing independently. She got a job offer to do that with a firm that's established and with major resources. So so she accepted that job. She's been doing it for about four or five months now. And they allow her to work fully remote. And um, we'll see if we can kind of make that work in Taiwan. Um, the only question mark there is, is scheduling because, you know, she's, she's fully remote, but um, it's more or less on a West Coast U.S. time uh, time zone sort of schedule, and uh, we don't know if it'll really work asynchronously if she's in the opposite <laughs> time zone. Yeah, right. Um, so, so 
we'll see. I mean, that's partially why we decided to nomad around North America was to try and be close to that West Coast time zone. Um, but if she doesn't do that, she'll probably want to pursue something in that space, either looking at launching her own fund and firm again or, or something similar. And then for me, it's, uh, it's, it's music. And, uh, and that's, you're going to uh, become a star. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what's funny about that is I did, there is something in Taiwan called the gold card, which they use to sort of, they, they say it's to recruit, um, sort of, sort of uh, highly trained, highly skilled professionals. And, uh, one of their categories for the gold card is for, for the arts, arts and culture, and uh, I, I, I just kind of sent an application on a wing and a prayer to see if they'd, uh, they'd accept me. There's very, very few gold card holders in the arts and culture category. Um, but I, I got it. <laughs> and so, I, yeah, I definitely feel like an obligation to, to pursue that as, as, as my number one priority since they're, they're welcoming me to the country with, with this um, special visa. So, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, a couple things I want to pull out of this. I mean, one is there are visas like that, right? If there's a place you want to go or if you're open, I mean, never sort of, like you said, you sent it off with a wing and a prayer. I mean, you didn't think they were going to accept it. You just never know until you give it a go. Yeah, that rhymes. I don't know why. I'm not, I'm not trying to make a rap song here. You pursued music before something you're passionate about so it must be really exciting for you to be going to a place where you're you guys have this financial freedom your child's going to be in school and then you i don't know if it, it will the other kid be in daycare or yeah yeah well, that's a little cloudy um i mean he'll, he'll be somewhere uh just whether it would be sort of a public school system thing or just a private daycare that um is still it's it's we're we're, it's available to us um, technically. In theory, we're supposed to be able to enroll him into the public system there uh, because of that visa. But um, it, it, in practice, supposedly, it's extremely hard for non-citizens uh, to to get in at that at yeah. those young ages. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll you know, some of these things are always going to be unknowns, right? We'll talk about some of the other unknowns a little bit later, and maybe some of the fears you might have around those, but if any, I just think it's a great reminder that there are all these types of visas out here. I know my friends, Kaz and Craig, they also got, and other people I know have gotten a visa to be in the States. They're from outside of the States. I forget what it was called. It was like a special person's visa or something. I don't know. It's for people that are doing sort of unique careers, not arts, but I I don't remember exactly the details, but they ended up being able to stay in the USA because they got these special visas and these things are out there and you really never know who they're going to take. So always worth exploring those things. Talking to you, the listener, if there's a place you want to go, maybe, maybe you can find like a backdoor way to stay there a little bit longer an unexpected way. And I think it's cool that you're filling the time with travel before you're leaving because Instead of just waiting, right? Like, I think it's smart to kind of try the remote work thing, to stay in the close time zone, to see how that goes. And also traveling as a family, I'm sure that, you know, how many opportunities do you get? Well, you could say endless, but, you know, you're taking the opportunity while you can. 
And that's a special thing to have together that no matter what happens over the coming months and years, you guys will always have that time you spent together on the road, which I think is super exciting. And it's it's going to be really cool to hear the check-in with you later because you have like this whole sort of blank slate to kind of create this career in music, whatever that means to you. Actually, what does that mean to you? What does that look like? What does kind of making uh, it in music in Taiwan look like to you? Have you thought about that? Um, I, I have, uh, but I don't, this was, you know, six months ago or so. So I, I wrote some stuff down. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think, I think it involved, a, there was like a few different pillars. Uh, one thing was I wanted to be, so it's a rewind real quick. Uh, previously, uh, in my sort of musical career pursuits, um, I was I was teaching, uh, and I was a uh, I was performing a lot of sort of uh, local gigs in cover bands, um, and but what I really wanted to do was write music and and like write for singers and kind of make some hits um, as, as a writer, sort of behind the scenes, creating the sounds, but not really being on stage and performing. That's and what was, I love. That's my <laughs> jam. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, maybe, we a, can, we, maybe we can have a co-writing session sometime. Yes. Yes. Yeah? That would that, be, be awesome. And uh, like that's going down a whole other path, but I definitely have come to realize that that's the way to go is co-writing. Um, that was something that was like advised to me over and over again. This is back in the early sort of like 2010 timeframe. And back then I just didn't have it conceptually that I, you know, I felt like very comfortable writing music myself, but then trying to do it collab with uh, random other songwriters, I, it, it just scared me. But now I realize that's what people do. I mean, that's sort of the, the industry and the business is just networking and co-writing with as many people as possible so that you kind of spread your your uh, your reach and then as people make it then they pull you up with them and i just did not get that concept in my last go around uh but but anyway uh you know back that was 2010 2011 2012 and i kind of stepped away from music at that time and I've been away for a long time until about a year ago is when I started to really put myself back in that space again. And, um, and now I'm realizing that actually, it's funny, actually one of the, the important things when you're asking me what I wanted to do with music, actually I do want to perform. I've realized that, uh, that, you know, I, that, that, that it, just, it just took being away for me to, to understand that that's even though I don't really want to be like a big star performing on stage I, I just want to have some something within me where I'm, I'm getting ready for performances in front of like 10 people whatever 2 a.m some like random bar that nobody goes to whatever it is I just I do really get energized by um, having something on the calendar to uh to get ready for so so that yeah that, that's something that's important to me but then i do still also want to write music and stuff so we'll get back to the interview in just a moment this episode is brought to you by u.s bank recently i went out for tacos and it wasn't even friday yes we have taco friday in norway 
not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why. We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. I do want to rewind and just kind of get a sense of what led to this whole decision. Like you guys could just stay in Florida and you have your your life going on and you know you got your kids and I mean it's a lot more kind of effort to take a whole family out on the road in this way. Maybe more money in some some ways when you're traveling, maybe less later on. I'm sure it'll all even out. But when did you guys start you and your wife start talking about changing your lifestyle completely? <laughs> Probably from the moment we met. So it, it, oh, really? it goes okay. back a long time. I, I think just mentally, we've always thought this way. Um, we, uh, we, we started off as a long distance relationship. Um, I was visiting a friend, a mutual friend of ours. I was, I was visiting her and then she invited my wife out and a bunch of other friends. And, and that's how we met. I was, and wh- uh, what city was that? Uh, Washington, D.C. And you were living in Florida. Yeah, correct. Um, but at the time, fortunately, I had a, a mostly remote job. So for a good chunk of the year, I could be wherever I wanted to be. And, uh, and at that time, that was D.C. And, uh, and, and so that's how we met. Um, and most of our first couple of years of our relationship was travel. Like either I was visiting her or she was visiting me or yeah, it was built we were, into your relationship, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, or, or we were traveling together. So I come to think of it, maybe that's why I've had a few long distance relationships in my day. And it's just <laughs> like, 
You know what? I get to travel too. I'm always finding an excuse to travel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just always been an important, I guess, theme in our relationship and in our lives. Um, And, you know, when we got married, uh, before we had our first kid, um, I I think my wife was pregnant at this point, uh, but, but, we we were seriously considering moving to Asia to have to have him. Um, but wh- so, why? Why do you, why um, do you want to leave? Why did you want to leave the U.S.? Why? <laughs> the adventure, um, you know that that comes that comes to mind first of all. I can't deny that. That's just, that's just yeah. an excitement I've always just wanted. Just experience. To. Yeah, and I and I never have. I've never. Aside from a sort of, it was a short, maybe two and a half month study abroad. Um, I've never had sort of my base outside the U.S., uh, so I've I've wanted to establish something in Asia. Uh, and my wife as well. She just thought it'd be good for us to have a base and sort of have roots in somewhere in Asia. Um, also, my wife was born in Asia, so she immigrated to the U.S. when she was twelve. So she, you know, she has a comfort with Asia and she, you know, sort of a, it's it's sort of a second home to her. And so, so there's that, but, but then also, um, when we were going to give birth to our first son, um, we thought about going to Macau for that because, uh, quite honestly, it's, it was a financial, (laughs) financial reasoning. Uh, she, she would have been subsidized because she's still a permanent resident in Macau in addition to being a U.S. citizen. And, uh, and so all sort of health care is, is covered. It would have been very close to free for us to give birth in Macau. Um, and then our son would have had permanent residence immediately upon birth. And something that maybe a lot of people don't know is that Macau, prior to COVID, Macau was just raking in so much money from gambling. It's, it's a gambling mecca. And I think at its peak, it, the revenues were like eight or nine times Las Vegas casino revenues. Like it's, it's, it's enormous. And so um, Macau, Macau government has a huge surplus every year and they basically pay it out to their residents. So for the last 10 years or so, I'd say my wife's average has been a little over a thousand dollars each year. She just gets sent to her being a Macau resident, permanent resident. I hear everybody Googling right now. How can I become a Macau permanent (laughs) resident? So, so she is, so if our son was born there, I mean, think about the potential windfall over the course of his life. (laughs) Uh, So, so we, we, we strongly considered doing that. Um, And, and then, you know, I, I, adventure for me. So um, we thought about that and, and the, ultimately we were still sort of tied to our home in Florida and our business that we were running. And so we decided not to sort of root all of that. But yeah, going back to before my son was born, we, we've been really, really strongly considering a move to Asia. So you must be feeling pretty on top of the world right now, having talked about this for so many years and now... I know you're going back and tying up some loose ends and, and everything like that, but it's actually happening now after many years of discussions and adventures with you know your wife and talking about it. And it, it must be, 
how do you feel? Are you- <laughs> I, yeah, no, you, you nailed it. I mean, obviously there's, there's a mix of emotions, but, uh, but yeah, just ex- exciting. And, and I, I do feel great in a lot of ways. Um, but, but there's also sort of a, a nervousness and, somewhat of anxiety um, that I guess is normal, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, I'm feeling a lot of things. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because yes, I think that is normal, but this is always a very important part of the conversation because I, I really love to discover what some of those fears are and then later find out, you know, were some of them legitimate fears? Did they come to fruition or were they just you know, kind of a mindset. It's just interesting to see how things play out in these episodes because you don't know, but, and I'm sure you have worries uh, just as an individual and as a parent and, you know, the state of the world with travel and things like that. I'm just curious about, yeah, some of the things you're feeling in terms of anxiety, fears, and things like that. Um, Just be honest, like, just lay it all out here. Yeah. Just you're just um, hanging out with some friends here, you know. We're all part of this community, so. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a few things that, that come to mind uh, initially when you say that, or when you ask me. Um, it's it. I'll, I'll start with the practical, and then and then move to sort of yeah. Uh, so so practically, I mean, I, I mentioned that we're sort of financially independent, but um, with but just with real estate and and to some degree. We, yeah, I, I still kind of keep my fingers uh, over things, and and uh, it's not like it's 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 not like it's totally operating on its own. So I do have worries about um, leaving and being far away from from our properties and sort of our operations. Um, I had intended to really, really have things up and running smoothly by now, without me. I mean, and and I don't. I I, I do still have to. To watch over stuff. So now I'm kind of thinking, all right, while we're traveling around North America, I can still manage it, but I definitely, definitely have to have everything completely out of my hands and and feel confident in it uh, by, you know, by the second quarter of next year so that when we do move to Asia, I'm not, you know, constantly pulling my hair out and worrying and, and checking up on things. Um, so that, you know, that, that's one thing that comes to mind. Um, Another thing is is that uh, when we decided to travel around North America, I you know I had I had a lot of options available, uh, but we ended up settling on Mexico, and uh, you know I my my mindset I I try to be as realistic as I can be and, and, and get informed from many different viewpoints, uh, but I would say sort of somebody who hasn't really dived into it and also hasn't really thought a lot, doesn't have the mindset of, of traveling all over the world. Uh, like my mom, she's very, very nervous about us going to Mexico. And so uh, while I'm not, um, because of her concerns, it just amplifies sort of me having to make sure that everything is good and everywhere we're staying is, is as safe as can be. And, and so forth, because because I want to just make sure that there's no that as little worry as possible for her, and so so that so that's another aspect of the fear that I have. Uh, and then you know ultimately in the end when we do.
do sort of settle in Taiwan, there's naturally this, uh, it'll be my first time really living outside the U.S. Uh, not, not just like, oh, I can head home, you know, I've got the end of the trip coming up. And so I'll just find a way to enjoy myself until the end of the trip. I, yeah, I've never really felt that way on the trip, but I'm just saying like, if, if I'm uncomfortable, if I feel um, a lot of homesickness and culture shock, there's, there's really not a, 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 an exit <laughs> coming up soon. So uh, you're in that, it to win it. Another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you been yeah. to Taiwan before? Or would this be the first time you're setting foot oh. in the country? Uh, no, no, we've we've been um, we we've made. I, I think my wife and I together, even though neither of us has has roots there. Um, just to be clear, uh, we together. I think we've been there maybe three times, and then I have I had traveled there a handful of times prior to that. Uh, so so we both we both we came to the decision because we really liked the place because we really like visiting, um, and all the cities that we had considered in Asia, uh, over the course of, you know, two, three years as we were trying to pick a landing spot, uh, we, we visited all of them and, uh, kind of did our best to envision what it would be like being there. Well, um, in my experience, Mexico, wonderful place to travel, amazing people, delicious food. You're going to have a yeah. blast. A lot yeah. of, uh, People from this community down there, uh, I know as well. So when we follow up, maybe we'll have to, I don't know. It sounds like you'll be moving around. But if you want people to get in touch with you, we can talk about that stuff at the All end. Right. Yeah. You know, a couple of the things that I was thinking about as you were going through that is a lot of the issues that travel forces in some way, right? You know, looking at your business and some of your worries around the, the real estate stuff and just making sure things are streamlined and taken care of, you know, just by doing this trip, it's like forcing you to automate your business even more, which I think is a great thing. You know, you're like, all right, well, I've got these time zone challenges. I want to have the freedom to pursue the music and all that stuff. So I better kind of get my stuff together. And I sometimes travel, I know it's done that for me in the past with my business, right? I remember I was going on a trip and I'm like, I just don't want to deal with this daily. So I have to figure out a solution so I don't have to. And it really forced me to come up, to be creative and come up with some things that still give me the freedom and flexibility I wanted to have in order to experience a destination and still make sure that, you know, emails were getting answered and things were done and stuff like that. So I love that travel can force, you know, all these things that have long-term positive benefits like automating your business or like to me, just being minimal, learning minimalism when you start getting rid of all your stuff. If you're traveling for a long time, I, I think that can be a good thing. Can force you to make decisions and like you know destinations. Like, all right, there's a lot of places to go, like you said, but we're going to choose Mexico, and that's like a whole other thing, right? Like picking a place to go because you're like, you know what, you know, there's a lot of places we want to explore, but we we really want to explore this place now. So, so many sort of. I guess, byproducts and, and side benefits to, I think, just choosing the travel lifestyle in the first place, forcing these things. Yeah. And I understand like the anxiety from family members or friends who are like, want to make sure you're like, yeah, you don't want to let anybody down or anything like that, of course. But you guys will be, you guys will be fine. Are you, are you selling your home or are you just renting it out? You said you won't really be able to bail when you get to Taiwan. Is that because you're, 
you're selling everything or, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it depends how serious, how urgent it is. I mean, we can always leave. Actually, actually it's funny that you say that because um, Taiwan, again, if, if people are not aware, um, geopolitically, Taiwan is uh, sort of in a, in a precarious spot with China. And uh, there's, there's sort of this ever-present concern of, uh, invasion, um, and I have some a couple friends who work for the Defense Department of the U.S. Uh, with sort of high-level clearance, and uh, they they both have warned us a handful of times that we should be prepared to leave um, very quickly if we need to. Um, but you'll get you'll get opinions across the spectrum on, on how serious the situation is. Um, but, but yeah, it is, it is possible that we, we need to get out of there. And so, no, it's not like <laughs> impossible to leave, but, um, that said your question about our house, we are, we're renting it out. Um, and when we, when we originally purchased it, um, three, three and a half years ago, we, being sort of in the real estate business, we we were inclined to purchase our uh, home as an investment. We definitely saw it that way. We, we picked a spot that we felt was going to be a, a, a very strong long-term investment. And so, uh, so yes, selling it really wasn't something we, we wanted to do. Um, and we, we found tenants. We found what we believe are really good tenants and, and we're, we Hopefully <laughs> that turns out to be the case, and and um, they they want to rent uh, for for many years if possible. They, they've said they, they have a family and they want to be there for a while. So so yeah, we we feel like if we do eventually return, maybe someday we'll live there again uh, in that same house. But it's uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not ours right now. It's somebody else has the lease. Yeah, you've emotionally cut the ties to the house in some ways. Sounds like, I you know, this maybe is a, is a question that's more relevant to U.S. citizens, but I do have to ask about the insurance thing, which is obviously a big concern for a lot of people, individuals, and families coming from the U.S. What are your plans for that? I, I'm just wondering. I'm sure you spent a lot of time researching this. So what I'm looking for here is like. I remember I just did this recently because I had to do all this stuff for traveling, you know, in the COVID era. And a couple of people have asked me, oh, what did you do? I'm like, here, I spent two hours doing this and I'm just going to give you this all this information in yeah. like a minute. And then you, you're just going to save yourself two hours. So, you know, if you're going to save somebody out yeah. there, I know this is an ever evolving thing, but if you're going to save somebody out there a bunch of time, what would be your advice here around insurance? Yeah. You know me well. I did. I have spent a good amount of time on this. Uh, but actually, what we're doing. So my wife has health insurance with her job, um, her, that I mentioned her recent job. So uh, in the U.S., we we're we're good. Um, when we're traveling, we're we're actually taking two two separate trips to Mexico. Um, so so overall, it's going to be maybe about six or seven weeks at the most at one time. I think I think six weeks is our maximum sort of trip and we're doing two of them, five weeks, six weeks, something like that. Um, and, and so we're not really going to be out of the country for that long, um, of a period. And, 
so I had considered getting some travel insurance to supplement when we're, when we're down in Mexico. Uh, but the, I, I have a Chase Sapphire Reserve card, and that has pretty decent travel insurance as it is. Um, I've had to actually use it before from a trip a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, it's not huge, but it, it's, it, it patches things pretty decently. There's a, there's medical benefits within that travel insurance that they offer. Uh, so, so, so I, I'm just, we're just going to go as is, you know, just with the U S uh, coverage and then, um, this, our credit card, benefits for our time in Mexico. Uh, and then when we moved to Taiwan, actually this gold card visa that I mentioned, it, it enables us to have, um, to enter the national health insurance uh, of Taiwan immediately when we, when we land. So, okay. so, yeah. so it's like a multi faceted approach, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really important tip to pull out is do your research around your credit cards and what, types of benefits they offer because I've certainly saved a lot of money over the years just being knowledgeable of the fact that, for example, my credit card covers certain aspects of rental car insurance. So then you don't opt for the insurance that that already covers because the card covers it. So you're not paying double for something you're already covered for. It's just, you know, it can be a pain kind of sifting through and figuring all that out. I don't know if they always make it easy, it depends, I, I guess, on the company <laughs> and depends on what cards you have and all that kind of stuff. So this is just general advice to take a look at the cards you have and see what you may be covered for and you may not be covered for and make sure you supplement what might be missing. Uh, it's a great travel tip. Thank you. Let's talk about how to get rich. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's pretty spectacular. I mean, you guys are a young couple and I'd say relatively young, right? Uh, I mean, you're not the retired sure, age, sure, you know, sure. nobody, uh, nobody can see you right now because this is audio, but how old are you guys? You uh, we're, we're late thirties. Yeah. Okay. 30s, yeah. So maybe you can just give everybody the 30 second overview on what the FIRE movement is if they haven't heard that before. Because I think that is a philosophy that kind of drives the investment decisions, right? Yeah, yeah. It, so, I mean, FIRE uh, is, is something... I, I think on the surface, it's like... It's kind of like, duh, right? I, who wouldn't want to do this? And it's basically like, just make it's enough an money. Financial independence, retire early, or some derivative of that, of those words. Um, and basically... I, I think the initial thing people think is is make a ton of money so that you don't have to uh, work anymore and you can just retire right and do whatever you want. Uh, but the, the the critical piece is is less about making more money and more about investing it while also reducing your expenses. So. I, you know, it, it, I all guess good things you, for anybody, yeah, right? Whether right. you're on board with fire or not, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so there's some people who who preach fire or who who really are devoted to the concept, but who live an extremely, extremely minimalist and frugal lifestyle. Um, and then you have sort of the, the fat fire concept, which is which is more in line with, I guess, what you might just think when you first think about it, which is 
high income earners uh, building a huge nest egg and, and then living sort of uh, you know luxuriously. Um, but there's people all over the spectrum and everywhere in between, and and, and so I think what what binds it and unifies it is that you are sort of aware of your budget and your expenses and kind of living within your means and making sure that you're able to save and invest a, a large portion of what you have, what income you make while you're making it. And whether that means you're, you're really, really tightening the, your belt and, and living, living very frugally so that you can save up more and then continue to live a frugal lifestyle. That's one way to do it. And, the other way is, is opposite and and we're kind of in the middle so that's <laughs> that's what we're going for and um yeah it's 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 something you know i, I think we 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 certainly had some mistakes along the way um and we're we're, we're just very fortunate that we we got a good boost i, I don't know if that's so, sort of re- replicable for most people but i just have to put it out there that you know, when we started our real estate company, we were one. We we had a bit of capital to start with. Um, some people start with nothing, and then it's, it's much much harder in the beginning. Um, and then two, we were very also well connected, so we had a lot of people who did have tons of money who wanted to to work with us. So that yeah, that that really helped us out a lot. Um, and. Uh, when it comes to real estate investing, and, and I, you know, we didn't even know about the fire movement and, and all of the stuff when we started our real estate company. It's just that in the industry of real estate investing, that's kind of a, the default idea is you know how many how many units, how many properties, how many doors do you need to get to your like freedom number and, and not have to not have to accumulate more and. Uh, and, and so the fire concept is already sort of built into a lot of real estate investing terminology and, and, and people who, who want to do that. So it, we didn't we were kind of working towards fire without even knowing it initially. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And there is something to whether you're on board for the financial independence retire early thing, by the way, if. You can Google that. There's tons of research. I think like there's all kinds of Reddit threads, and I don't know if you have any resources that are your favorites to share. If that's something people are interested in, uh, no, I, I am I am part of all those Reddit communities, the Fat Fire and the Lean Fire, <laughs> uh, which which lets you know where my mindset is. I like to think about all of it, but um, yeah, there's tons of tons of good resources out there. It's really taken off in the last few years so yeah cool just having a number to sort of shoot for and and not just make it a never-ending thing is a, is never a bad thing right you can kind of put given get have a goal and you know some of the things you mentioned like having capital or having a network of people that have a lot of money even if those aren't things you have right now whatever business you're in they're things that you can acquire right? Like you can save money and then have some capital to invest in a business or travel or whatever. I mean, if you've saved money to go traveling, you can save money for a business too. And everybody has the ability to get out and meet people and put yourself in certain circles. And sometimes that happens over time. Sometimes it happens with just a lot of intention as well. And yeah, 
Yeah, you know, um, I've, I've, I've mentioned that when I talk to people, when I get asked that question, I've mentioned, you know, how we were really well connected and we had access to capital that wanted to be invested. But now that I think about it, from what you're saying, um, it really is, uh, if you have good deals and good ways for people to invest their money, then those investors and that capital will come. Um, having been sort of around not just real estate investing, but now a lot of like startup investing, it, it's very true. If there's a good deal, uh, then the capital will come. So that's really yeah. <laughs> secondary. Right. Yeah, and you have to just try to put something together, whether it's real estate or otherwise, that's just providing value to that network in some way. And if you're looking for money, then probably financial value is what <laughs> you're trying to provide. So yeah, I know it, it's a deep topic and everybody has their own individual situation, but I, I appreciate the sort of the overview. And I've said it before, you know, I think some of the fire lifestyle stuff is in uh, very similar to some of the travel values in terms of like, maybe, you know, being more minimal and not just kind of trying to accumulate for the sake of accumulating in a never ending quest of getting as much as possible, you know? Yeah. I'm really excited about that part actually, uh, about the minimalism sort of, I, I don't think that will be actually full blown minimalists, but it's, uh, it's kind of getting in moving in that direction. And I think, uh, it's, it's one of the great byproducts that will come out of us sort of nomading around North America is that we, we, we shed our stuff and, and we get used to that um, lack of accumulation. Right. And it will be really interesting to hear how, when we visit with you again in some months, how you're traveling, the traveling portion went, and then what it's like, you know, the expat life. I think, you know, I've some things to say about that. Having lived abroad for a while, I would love to have that conversation or I welcome that conversation with you after you've been settled down and to find out, you know, if some of those fears were coming true or, you know, how you feel about all that and what's going on with the music stuff and everything, man. So <laughs> my son, I was just going to mention uh, my son, uh, my older son, he, I don't think he fully grasps the concept of what we're doing yet. And uh, he continues to talk about wanting things, this and that. And I've tried to explain to him that, you know, we're not really going to have a home, a home base in our own home for half a year. And so we're not going to get things, get this and get that. We really need to make decisions on what we're going to bring with us. So he's got to make those decisions too. Like he has a certain, amount of space, certain amount of items that he can bring along with him. So that's something I'm trying to show him, trying to explain to him. I don't think he fully grasped it yet, but it's sort of, you know, it's, it's somewhat temporary because once we get to Taiwan, we'll have sort of a home, but I hope that he's, he's used to sort of the idea of not accumulating things, not just seeing random things and wanting them. So Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of, yeah, from a parenting perspective, you know, a lot of those values you want to instill. And another thing that we talked about that might travel might force, right? It's like, well, you can only carry so many toys, so you better learn how to yeah. enjoy playing in those rocks and dirt out front, young man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it, man. So excited for you guys. Congratulations on just all the hard work. And then also just, yeah, just not putting it off any longer 
despite, you know, what may be going on in the world or, you know, what in your guys' heads or, you know, all the things that make it easy to just stay in the place that you're at. Because it's certainly, I think, in some regards, especially when it comes to having a family, it's not like necessarily the easy choice. Let's all pack up and hit the road and then we're going to travel around. Then we're going to go here. And it's, you know, it kind of throws everything up and, and upends everything. But that's kind of the point too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it work. It, it'll work out. Right. And so yes. you have to just trust that you'll figure things out along the way. If you have yeah. To. Will we be talking to a number one hit maker? In Taiwan, <laughs> Taiwan's next great act. Who knows? Maybe the glo- maybe a global superstar if that happens. If you're the next like Bruno Mars or something, I don't know who's the most popular male singer right now. You better still come back here, man. Grace us with your presence. Don't forget about us over here on the Zero to Travel Pod. Oh uh, gosh, uh, you're, you're my hype man. You you've got the job. Hey, don't man. worry. All right. Yeah. I'll come and introduce you at the Oslo Spectrum when you come through town. That's awesome. No, well, we'll be staying in touch as usual and appreciate your time today and everything you shared. And let's catch up in, in some months and yeah. we'll smush this all into one awesome episode. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Jason. Take care. What's up, man? Ah, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's things are things are good. They're happening fast, but yeah, I'm uh, I don't know. I'm I'm ready to, I guess, reflect. I haven't taken time yet to to stop and think about everything, but. Well, yeah. now's your time. I mean, we just, <laughs> speaking of time, we just went through the time machine. <laughs> Well, actually, yeah. we went we went through real time, but for people listening to this, they just heard our interview from almost a year ago, believe it or not. Ooh, almost yeah. a year, 11 months, a little under 11 months at the time of this recording. And of course, a lot That's, happened, right? Oh, <laughs> a lot, a lot. Do you know what the highlight of the past year was, though? What? that I got to meet you in person. Oh, stop it. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, out, I, was gonna mention, I was going to mention that. Yeah, we got to hang out in Portland, Oregon and, you know, briefly kind of discussed doing the part two then, but it was like, it was a little too early, I felt like. And also, you know, we were just hanging out and doing random Portland things. So, um, but that was great. That was really cool. It would have been, it would have been great to do it there, but that, that was so nice to get to hang and, uh, hope it's not the last time. For sure. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) The highlight of my year. Well, I got to catch up with you a bit, but the listeners didn't. We got to hear what's (laughs) going on in your life, man. So, uh, I did re-listen to our interview today because I wanted to just kind of get my head around where you were at in terms of like your mindset and also kind of where you were at in your journey. Oh gosh, yeah. And you know, just to kind of refresh your memory, again, recorded almost a year ago. Yeah, your kids were six and three at the time. Uh, we're still the same age. Uh, you were 19 days from heading out. You weren't ready to go at all. 
and you were going to do <laughs> the right. nomad thing with your family first for seven months, and then you were relocating to Taiwan. So first of all, let's let's kind of see did the plans that you made actually get executed, or were they changed? Um, pretty much, pretty much. I think. Uh, let's see. Uh, my kids are now seven and four, so they've both had birthdays. Um, you just took me back to uh, oh man the the chaos of leaving our house. Um, oh wow, those nineteen days. I had I had no idea the innocence of, of Maxwell back then, but like the <laughs> I'd say I'd say the week of the week prior to actually starting our journey was was just the the most intense. And I, <laughs> I don't want to go through that again because yeah, clearing out our house and just getting ourselves ready to go was 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 chaotic um well wait on that let's let's get some advice like what would you do different for anybody else that's listening that's going to be making well, this transition i mean i mean there's there's the train of thought that uh if you are moving it's always going to be stressful i mean if if you're if that's just your disposition then you know i, I don't know what else i could do differently it was just it was just very stressful and, then, and the only thing perhaps would be to, to get started sooner but i mean i, I don't know i don't know how viable you that seems is so laid people. back to me are you <laughs> like a stressful guy would you say or no, like, i'm, I'm pretty laid back so yeah. i'm rarely too stressed and that was one of those times okay. that i i, I got a, a, lot, a lot of loose ends to tie and things yeah like that. yeah yeah i may have been too laid back in the in the time preceding <laughs> so that would be the bit of advice there i guess don't be too laid back leading up yeah to <laughs> yeah um because that yeah that, you talking about that now is bringing back some some mixed memories you know starting to uh, have ptsd <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah we 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 did we launched our sort of our world schooling campaign if you will um traveling around the world I say around the world, traveling around Mexico and, and the U.S. Uh, for what ended up being eight months, actually, instead of seven. Uh, we extended that because uh, maybe, maybe we can dive into this more later. But uh, we just, when it came time for our flight to, to actually move to Taiwan, uh, my wife's grandmother was starting to have some health issues and and just a month before that, her grandfather had passed away. So, you know, this was very sensitive timing. And so we just decided to, to, to stay an extra month and go down to Miami and spend time, more time with her family, more time with her grandmother, um, and, uh, and, and then delay our move to Taiwan by a month. So, yeah. So sorry for this, your loss uh, with your family there. Yeah. Thank you you make your travel plans, but then these are the unpredictable aspects of life. You just never know what's going to happen, which is why like building as much flexibility as possible is always good. I mean, it sounds like you were, you know, pretty easily able to kind of extend and make that decision. And that's wonderful that you guys were in the position to be able to do that. And, um, terrible, you know, hard, hard to deal with things for your family, but you guys got to be there and that's, well, that's so yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, her her grandfather's passing was tough. Um, that actually happened while we were in Portland, so you you knew a little bit about that. Uh, and we had to cut short our time in Portland uh, by a little bit to get back for the funeral. 
and again, just to be with family. But uh, because that happened, then we were very sensitive when her grandmother had to go to the hospital um, later on, another month later. So um, it did turn out really well, though. Uh, her, her grandmother's doing fine now, um, and we got to spend time with everyone. And, and then the reason to hurry to Taiwan was to get our kids' um, school situation figured out because we weren't able to do that from long distance. We, we had to get to Taiwan and get our immigration cards before they could register. Um, and, and so we were giving ourselves sort of the, what we thought was the bare minimum timeline to arrive in Taiwan and do that based on what advice we'd received. Uh, but it turns out because of our situation, we were able to sort of explain and get everything expedited. And then my older son's school was willing to reserve a spot for him once we were there and talking to them in person, even before we had received the actual cards, uh, things like that. So actually everything worked out perfectly. We were able to get everything done in a very, very shortened timeline. Um, and on top of it all, Taiwan in the summertime, July, August is, is, is brutally hot. And so we, we were, we were able to skip over that, uh, you know, by three, three weeks, three, three and a half weeks, um, which, you know, in retrospect, my wife was just like, oh, thank God we didn't come here and be sitting here for three and a half weeks. Kids aren't in school yet and it's just hot and we wouldn't have been able to do much. Um, so, so it really worked out nicely. We, we, we got lucky. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever zero to travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me, Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. How was the nomad experience as a family? The Let's call it the nomad experience because we I know you were... You guys were on your way to Taiwan, so there's a specific... But for all intents and purposes, that was... 
it kind of the experience, right? You're, you're, you, you no real agenda, just kind of work, you know, doing what you need to do from anywhere, traveling around. Yep. Yep. So that, that, that was awesome. I mean, uh, just to give you a quick summary overview, uh, we, we spent, um, about a month in Merida, Mexico. We spent about a month in uh, Cancun and Playa del Carmen. Um, and then we spent about a month in Mexico City. Um, and then in the U.S., we were kind of all over about a week, uh, a week in different spots in Texas and in uh, L.A., San Francisco, Portland. Um, so, so the U.S. portion moved a lot faster. But uh, but we got we got like a good three months in Mexico, and we got to feel out several different bases for a solid amount of time, um, and and yeah, it was <laughs> honestly it was pretty awesome. I've I've you know reflected on 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 this portion quite a bit with friends um, on other podcasts and things, and 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 I, I really wish that I could provide like a, a what might be a quote unquote more realistic look uh, at things. Uh, more balanced look at, at at what the actual experience was versus sort of the 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 dream, but, but honestly, I mean, it was just it was just awesome. I, I don't have much negative to share at all. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I really I, I, it, so you know, just thinking about it sometimes, looking through pictures is just like I can't believe that actually was real that that happened that we got to experience quite a bit. Uh, without being, you know, too stressed or anything, it was just it was it was a great experience for my family. So, yeah, awesome. What are some of the pros and cons between the slow travel and the fast travel? Let's call it that. Yeah. Um, I, well, it, it's probably obvious, but but with the slow travel, you know, we we really got to settle a bit in, in places, which was, which was my goal for those Mexico cities. I really wanted to get a feel for what it would be like to be there longer term, um, potentially for the future. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you, you get to, it's easier to get work done, I guess, if, if that's part of the equation for you. Um, and certainly for us, it was it was important um, during that stretch of time. So just uh, yeah, if you're not constantly worrying about logistics, and you're not constantly worrying about sort of childcare and things like that, then then it helps. So in Mexico City, we were able to hire somebody for the month that we were there to kind of help us a few times a week with washing the kids, with um, you know taking care of the household stuff. So was that uh, hard to do and get somewhere? and meet somebody and hire them and trust them enough to be with yeah. your kids. Yeah. Well, uh, certainly you have to, you have to be willing to trust. Um, so if you, if you think that'd be something very difficult for you, then it, it makes it much harder. Um, I, we, we traveled a lot even prior to this nomadic experience. And so I had a lot of experience kind of looking, looking for childcare on care.com um, using, there's this app called Bambino. That's kind of like an Uber for, for babysitters. Uh, and so we, we've used those a few times. Um, we've found daycares that allow drop-in in different cities that we've been to in the past in Chicago and Detroit, just from, from previous traveling experiences. So, uh, 
that is not um, that is that's something I'm sort of um, conditioned to doing, um, and and so f- for Mexico City, actually, what was interesting is the person that we found wasn't uh, wasn't really through the normal channels like sort of the nanny or babysitting uh, established channels, but this was just somebody <laughs> totally random um, in one of the expat groups who was, who was looking for um, some extra work. And so I talked to her quite a bit back and forth to get a feel for, for her experience. She had worked in um, childcare previously and, she, and she's young. She was like, um, I think, late 20s, but going back to college kind of situation. And so it seemed like a good fit. And and once we saw her in person, so, you know, pretty much everything that she did was with us, with our, within our presence. So that, that also helps, um, you know, it's not like we're, we're just having somebody watch our kids and we're not there at all. Um, so we did let her take the kids to the park uh, a few times after we after after a few weeks. So, but but initially we were we were always around. So there's you know that helps. Yeah, with- that's great advice. I think well, those are some great resources. Really, some practical stuff there, and I think just the mindset of being open to that if you're traveling with kids and knowing that there's some resources out there and that it is possible to get some help along the way. Cause I think that's one of the overwhelming parts for a lot of people with kids thinking about traveling around like this is it's all, you know, feeling like it's all going to be on you all the time. And, and we as parents know how hard that can be even just over a weekend. Sometimes by the end of the weekend, you're like, all right, I just need a couple hours to re- recoup here. Not because we're, don't love our kids. We're not having a great time. It's just, it's, you know, it's pretty full on. You're, you're really responsible for young kids. You have to make sure they're safe all the time. And, it's a big responsibility to carry around all the time. Yeah, I, I think um, yeah. If, if, if anybody wants some advice on on how to find them, I would suggest uh, first of all, all if Facebook. I think I feel like is is the most comprehensive resource because if you go on Facebook, uh, generally speaking, you'll find groups for all the mid sized in larger cities around the world, there'll, there'll be some Facebook group there for, for expats um, or, or if you're lucky for families and for parents. So if you just type in XYZ city and parents or XYZ or, or families in XYZ, um, that's the best chance of finding a group. And, and if there is an established group there, then they're the best resource because you have tons of parents who are sharing, um, you know, what they've done, their experiences, and also their contacts and, and who they recommend. So um, that you know that that's a good that's my go to whenever I am planning on a new city is to check out the expat group and then also check for parents and family groups. Yeah. Well, let's talk about destinations and things you saw. What were some of the highlights for you guys? Ooh, uh, <laughs> besides uh, Portland with Jason, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> great city, right? <laughs> Great, great city. Um, let's see. We uh, we were in. Uh, so I, I would say Merida was a good time. Uh, it's definitely. It, I, I feel like it's gotten a lot of hype in the last few years, and and it makes sense because it's a very lovely city and very affordable. So uh, that's those are like 
two of the biggest factors for most people um, in the in the nomad space, right? Is is a place that's enjoyable but also affordable. Um, it was extremely hot though, and we were there during the the not hot season, so I just can't imagine how bad it can get the rest of the year. But um, so that that was one drawback um and it's also sort of a slower pace because it's it's not that large of a city it's about maybe a a little over a million people total and uh and we you know it was it was perfectly nice but we definitely were more of the speed of mexico city that's just massive and tons to do overstimulation but but it was uh that was for us being city lovers that was such a great experience because um I don't know. I mean, it's 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 larger than New York City when you take overall greater Mexico City population. So I mean, as you can imagine, awesome city. yeah, yeah. How many churros did you eat? <laughs> uh, we 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 had some. It's not my favorite. It's not my wife's favorite. My um my my brother in law's girlfriend. They came to visit us for for a week and she that's her favorite thing. So we we had plenty while while they were visiting. But uh but yeah, yeah. It's it, it was it was it was such a great place. I mean I know that's not for everyone. Some people would be uh sort of turned off by the the chaos and, and the the massive crowds. Um but we we enjoyed that, um, and of course, going out to the pyramids, uh, Teotihuacan, uh, outside Mexico City, that was that was very memorable. Um, and we also we also or I hosted a world schooling pop up hub while we were in Mexico City, which uh, was great. It's um, there, I have a friend who runs the world school pop up hubs, and she basically organizes these events for one week in cities all over the world. Um, she's, she sort of oversees it, but, but other people can host them actually on the ground in the city. So we hosted the one in Mexico city and, and it's just a chance for families to connect other sort of traveling families, nomadic families to, to connect and, and, and have sort of that community for, for the parents and for the, for the kids. So for us, it was great because then I, I got I got to meet other parents, but also my kids got to got to hang out with with other young folks. So um, yeah, so I, I, Mexico City is a place that we definitely plan to go back in the future. It's a good amount of time you spent on the road with the family, and sounds like you had a good mix of you know basing in one place and moving around a lot. Did you have you noticed any change in the relationship between you and your wife or or your kids or just their personalities from traveling around? I'm just wondering, has anything around the travel experience changed the family dynamic in any way? There's nothing extremely noticeable, uh, as you kind of alluded to. We we were a traveling family before the nomadic uh, experience. We 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 just you know shorter trips, but we traveled around a lot. We had done an around the world to Asia uh, previously in 2019. So yeah. so, so we, kids we, were used to it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I guess the one one thing I could say pretty definitively is that our kids got tighter with us. Um, with you know mom and dad uh probably not 
with each other. <laughs> They're at an age where they still kind of are standoffish and fight a bit, you know. Um, Tell me about it. Because our kids are pretty much the same age. Well, yeah, mine are right, in four right. right now. So yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a lot of like begrudging love between them, but it's like, uh, yeah, he's like my brother. Friends, but they fight all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so so I, I feel like that, that was tangible that they just, um, you know, because they're more or less spending all their time with their parents. Um, it's, it's only natural, I guess, but, but I could feel that their, um, that our relationships, our bonds were even tighter. Um, but yeah, I mean, my wife and I, not not too much changed. Uh, we, we've always, I guess, been used to this and had the same sort of mentality. So um, fortunately, you know, I think that's one thing that I see a lot of times uh, in conversations about this, uh, about going nomadic or becoming an expat and moving abroad uh, is, is for people who have spouses that aren't on the same page. And then they always talk about, well, what can we do? What can we talk about to to, to understand each other better. Um, but for us, you know, I, I've never had that problem. My wife and I are, are basically alike in this regard. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I spent good chunk of sort of traveling time with my family this summer and, you know, much longer than the sort of the normal summer holiday. We were together for some months and, you know, it's always a question you never know. Is is there a right answer? It's just an experience, I suppose. But you know, the sort of the Western, uh, let's call it, or at least the setup in Norway, or a lot of times in the states, like you know, you have the kids, they go to daycare, they come back. You know, you're together. You're together at certain times of the day, but often those times are just like around work. And when you're traveling, you're together all the time, and they're more incorporated into your life. It's just two different experiences, two different ways of parenting. You mentioned world schooling and some of these other families that kind of adopt this as a thing full-time, homeschooling while you're on the road and whatnot. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's just, uh, it always brings up the questions for me, like what's, sometimes I wonder like, what's right for your family? I don't know, like what you said about getting closer as a family kind of resonates because of course, they're spending more time with you. So, and parents, you know, kids want to spend time with with their parents, but also it's important that they socialize and meet other. The debate rages on and there's no right answer, but I just wonder if you ever kind of struggle with that or think about it or just, yeah. I think, I think that there's no right answer. I can say that first. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, uh, it's, it's really family dependent, but even for certain families, still there's no right answer because they're both good options. So, um, certainly for some, you know, it really depends on, on the family. Some families really, uh, the kids just aren't cut out for it. I, I don't know that that carries a poor connotation, but it, it, it's just not a right fit. Um, and I get that. I see that a lot in, in world schooling conversation. Um, and, and the toughest part probably is when you have multiple kids and some, really, really want the world schooling life and then some don't. And, and then, and then that, that makes it very tough and tricky. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if, if we got to the, if, if we were in a circumstance where my kids were, were, were divided on that and we were looking at world schooling, I think I would, I would choose, I would opt for um, staying 
base somewhere for for the one that needs that um, because it, you know I, I just want to be sensitive to my children's sort of environment and what they're what they need uh, what kind of support they need um, to to progress and develop so um, yeah I, I don't know if if that does happen in the future which hope if we let me let me just say if we are again looking to world school which we are not currently uh i'm not sure if that was clear or not that we're currently based in taiwan Uh, but in the future if we're looking to world school i i i think that our kids will be up for it they certainly have indicated as such so far Uh, but um, it, that's a tough thing. I, I think if I realized that it was best for my kids not to do that, then I I would have to, I would I would have to let that go for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful to be together all the time, and there's a lot of different parts of life. And I, I agree with you. There's no, you know, it's got to be right for everybody. And what's right might change, you know, in, in a matter of months. Let Let me add that though. That, that for world schooling, I mean, there's just so many different. Uh, ways to approach it and so um there are time there's plenty of ways for the kids to socialize and get um get that aspect so it's not like they have to miss that just from world schooling especially now uh there's so many resources and so much infrastructure for building communities of families and kids all over the world um, who are doing the same kind of thing um and then also, uh, there's plenty of schools built for this. Uh, well, I say plenty. Relatively speaking, there's not a lot, but the, these are also um, popping up a lot now, um, and, and the infrastructure is improving for schooling um, resources for kids. And so, um, there are places where your kids can kind of experience the traditional school life uh, while you're world schooling, while you're even if you're uh, moving around f- for a few months at a time, um, they could kind of plug and play with a new school that runs the same system, um, and, and have families and kids all around. So, yeah, cool. Tell us about Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we ended up heading over in mid or let's see, late, mid to late August. Um, and uh and so it was still brutally hot at the time uh we went we went through a short quarantine three three nights quarantine uh which is now currently no more uh there's no more quarantine in taiwan but at the time we had three nights and then when we stepped outside to experience the city it was just like sun pounding like you just (laughs) you walk a block and then there's just sweat dripping down so um that was what i was anticipating because i had visited at the same time in the past and and just knew it it was going to be hot um my wife for her she she thought it wouldn't be so bad and then she was after that first few days she was just like oh yeah you were right (laughs) one of the few times i get to hear that so um yeah that that was definitely something we remember and it kind of uh furthered our resolve to leave every summer so we're gonna we'll, we'll be in taipei for the school year and then we'll leave every summer to uh to go somewhere else <laughs> not as hot um but man 
I'd say Taiwan, even from the moment we arrived and, and then went went into quarantine, we were we were just so excited because you could see and feel the difference. Um, f- namely, and this is very personal for us, but namely like the food. We were during our quarantine, we were just like ordering off of Uber Eats every meal constantly, like every single thing was amazing, was delicious. And our kids uh, especially are just like, this is the best food we've ever had. And my son, my son, you know, he cracks us up, but he, he's had a lot of good one-liners like, how does Taiwan make food this good? He's, he's uh, said that a number of times. He's said he doesn't ever want to leave Taiwan because of the food, things like that. So he's a, he's definitely enamored with, with that. And, and, you know, from a practical perspective, they have been eating really well. Like uh, it's been much less of a chore to get them to eat their meals versus back home or, or on the road had been. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just a <laughs> quality of food in many ways. Yeah. I mean, for us, I know it's a very subjective thing, but for us, yeah, it's sure. been, it's been tremendous. So um, I love those kid one liners. My, my son had one the <laughs> yeah. other day. He was like this, Lady Gaga go swimming. <laughs> like what? Okay. That's a random question to pop into your head. But <laughs> so if anybody listening has the answer to that question. <laughs> just yeah. Because well, of all the makeup, maybe. Like how maybe. does it, how does it stay know. on? Yeah. So, but you guys got settled in and how, you know, how did it go with one of the things that, uh, there were a couple things. One was, your wife's job and kind of working with the time zone challenges and seeing if that was sustainable. Uh, and then you on the music side. Of <laughs> so. I think, uh, I think we need to do a part three and like, <laughs> you know, give, give me like another nine, nine months. Um, so, uh, well, for my wife, um, actually that was one of the changes that occurred. We, we knew back in, uh, in June, that she was no longer going to be able to keep the job once we moved. Um, it was actually her company was more or less um, folding. Uh, I think they they were looking at mergers and stuff. And so once the mergers went through, uh, she wouldn't the the new roles wouldn't allow her to to work from Taiwan. So so you know it it was it was a little disappointing because she loved that job so much and and on top of that knowing that even she loved the job but she also loved the company and their mission and so knowing that that wasn't going to be happening at least that same way with that same dedication um that you know that was also disappointing but uh you know in hindsight i'd say it was a really good good thing that she's not trying to work right now because the 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 one first month or two of our transition to taiwan um really would would have been tough to do while while working a full-time job um because in in a lot of ways it was a full-time job for for both of us to kind of set up the family i i think we did that much faster than we anticipated though because i have i have an aunt who lives there that we could stay with um and and you know we had sort of family to, and, and friends to help us with the transition uh we w- when i went into it i thought we were gonna just very gradually transition into our base you know we we're gonna take our time to find places to to live we, we were actually originally thinking that we would hop around every two or three months 
to different places since we were looking at short-term rentals. We were planning to stay over the summer. So it just, in a lot of ways, it made sense. You know, look for something furnished. Don't have a full year commitment so that we can leave over the summers. But <laughs> we got there. We started uh, sort of house hunting, uh, you know, for rentals and uh, traditional rentals. And there were just so many amazing options that we decided to go take take a look in person. And then we fell in love with this, a place. It was actually the first place we went to see. We fell in love with it. Even though we checked out other places, we just kept coming back to this one. And so we ended up signing like a two-year lease. And then we ended up uh, <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, really making it a home. Uh, you know, I have an office now. I've got the office is also doubles as a music room. I ended up buying a digital piano. Uh, I'm going to bring over my my guitar and just like kind of just set up shop there. So, so we really are kind of going to make it our home and settle yeah. in. Um, well, I mean, I mean, maybe part of that was just feeling at home there in this. You know, I, I can't imagine you would have signed a two-year lease if you didn't feel sort of that little something you need to feel when you make a decision like that. I mean, you can always break a lease and things are always changeable. But, you know, it sounds like the vibe that you guys had as a family being there and everything, just because you planned on this and arrived doesn't mean it's going to feel like the right thing. But it sounds yeah. like it felt like the right thing right off the bat enough where you're just like, hey, let's just lock yeah. this in. Plans yeah. change, right? I mean- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Um, we we really we really took to Taiwan. Uh, I'd say me and the the kids we we have enjoyed it, uh, but it's really been my wife who has just like I she, I think she found her place for life. Really, it's, wow! It, it, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, you know, uh, she's also sort of a transient person by nature, like me. So you know, you maybe the better way to describe it is for this time in her life, this is like the best place but but it, it it has been like uh we just arrived and she just you could you could see that like she had found the place that she it was meant to be i mean she just she absolutely loves it there she's gotten super involved in so many things um and really helped our family get settled my, my kids in their schools um and and things like that because uh but as I mentioned, that's kind of been a full-time job, uh, at least for the first month or so, was was just like getting our house, getting everything in order. Even though it was partially furnished, we still ended up getting more things. Um, and then all of the you know utilities, things like that, that that's a chore in itself. And then, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, it, uh, and also in the beginning, the the kids' school was uh, kind of short, shorter days um, until for so for preschool, my my younger kid, uh, they were advising sort of keeping him on half days until he got comfortable. So those first two weeks, it was like we dropped him off and then we were heading back to pick him up. <laughs> like, what's going on? We didn't have time to like get anything taken care of. Uh, my older son, so in first grade, in, in elementary school in Taiwan, they have short days, um, half days for, for four days out of the week. So just one full day. And so, yeah, so with my older son too, he was kind of getting dropped off and picked up. It seemed like almost immediately. Um, but after a couple of weeks with him, then we, we enrolled him in sort of like the full day care. So even though school gets out at noon, he would stay 
and, and they'd like watch him take help him do his homework. There's some extra tutoring and stuff until four. So so now we're sort of back to a full day with both of the kids, and, and so that helped. <laughs> that has helped a lot in getting things squared away. Um, but yeah, my wife she was getting involved in a philanthropic uh, net, networking groups. Um, uh, courtesy of my aunt who is just super involved in so many things in Taiwan. So she's helped my wife get plugged into a lot of things, business networking groups, um, things like that. And so my wife just kind of found her place in her community in, in so many different areas. Uh, and, and yeah, and she, she just, and then for the food for her too, like that's, that's probably, I'd say she's, for her, that's a huge, that's the largest factor, you know, for me and the kids, like we love our food, but we can survive if that weren't the case. But she, yeah. So she, she's just fallen in love with Taiwan, uh, very thoroughly. And, uh, and so we'll see, we'll see what the future brings, but, uh, but <laughs> right great. now she loves and it. Yeah. The help you got from your aunt, certainly, you know, that's, that certainly helps a ton, but you can find somebody in, in a place like even though that's that's hard to you know research out or whatever these are sort of the unpredictable things you know if somebody's listening and they want to move to a place and they're like well I don't have an aunt there you can often find some really nice people whether it be another expat or somebody like that who can be a conduit to kind of bring you into different parts of a I remember the first time I went to Buenos Aires I met an ex- expat guy and he just like kind of took me under his wing for whatever reason and just we ended up like traveling a bunch together and doing a bunch of cool things together. And you just, you just can come across those people and you know, whether you have them in your family or not, it's just, it's, it's nice that people on the ground are willing to kind of like take newcomers in and, and yeah, (laughs) it's funny. There's another family with uh, several kids, young kids, and they, uh, they connected with me in one of the Facebook groups because we were moving over more or less at the same time. And, and I feel like we, we, we kind of, it just worked out where we were able to help them um, get settled. Uh, I'm sure they would have been fine without us, but, but what ended up happening was um, I got our immigration cards right before they did. So I was able to tell them exactly what to do um, when they went into the office. And then uh, the second home that we looked at, um, we, that we liked a lot, but just not as much as the first place. We um, we ended up telling them about it because they'd been looking for houses for for weeks, and so then they went to take a look through our agent, also who we we set them up with, and then they they love the place, so they they put in a deposit, and that's actually where they live now. Um, and then at my son's preschool. Yeah, you know, she was looking for a preschool. I told her we, we were checking this place out. This we're, we're You're paying it forward, right? She, yeah. And then, yeah, she's her her kid is in that same preschool, and then her older kids are going to my son's elementary school. After he enrolled there, we told them, "Yeah, it's a good school. You guys should go check it out." So, <laughs> so they they ended up. Our kids are all at the same two schools, and and they're living in the house that we we looked at. <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah, have just, you penned any hit songs yet? Or what? Uh, you know, one of the things you I said, mean, part of the gold card visa, you kind of felt obligated to pursue this music thing. It's one of the reasons you guys were there. But you know, you also have life circumstances and things. One of the things I'm pulling out from this conversation, then I want you to answer this question. But you know, it always takes longer than you think. I think to settle into a new place, in some ways, a lot of details to figure out and stuff. So, be forgiving on yourself if you haven't. 
you know, made the progress you wanted in your business or your music career or whatever. But yeah, for you, has it been something that you've been able to, yeah, that was one of the things you like, I had to find the sort of the balance, the time to work on it and, mm-hmm. and things like that. It's yeah, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I, I have to be uh, forgiving to myself and, and allow myself the, the space I need uh, instead of just uh, saying, man, you haven't done this, you haven't done that yet. Well, especially um, for creating music, yeah. you need space and time. It yeah. takes a while. Yeah, um, definitely. I uh, Yeah, and, and I think especially for me, because I'm trying to get back into it um, and I haven't really been in the music space for, for many years. And so it's really trying, to, it's tough trying to, to get that back and, and remember what I, what were the things that I needed to get my creativity going. So, um, at the same time entering this, I always knew this is the kind of thing that I could keep pushing back because I did that for many years. You know, it, it was a few years ago, even when we were in the U S that I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing music again. And then I just keep, uh, other things getting away. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. Since I, it wasn't a habit of mine anymore. Um, it's just easy to postpone. And so, you know, there's that, there are those two issues that I have to reconcile, um, whether I need more space cause I need other things. I need to take care of other more pressing concerns, but also am I just put delaying things just for the sake of putting it off? And, and so long story short, I need to hit the ground running on that. Um, I think, I, I think we've actually missed, uh, for, for, I forgot to mention that right now I'm not in Taiwan. I, I left for the U.S. Um, a week ago to come back to uh, help help my dad with a surgery, a major surgery he was undergoing. So, is he um, doing okay? He's yeah, he's he's recovering really well right now. So it's okay. uh, yeah, I, I guess you know they said I didn't want to bring it up unless yeah. you did because oh know, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well, I mean. Yeah, not to get off topic, but that's a whole nother thing I felt like is worth discussing is the whole like, you know, expat move and then being away from family and sure. this type well, of situation. Well, let's talk but, about it because we're on that now. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, for us, because, uh, you know, that this was, this was a factor in our, dis- in our discourse for, for the last few years was my parents are getting older. It's, uh, and and you know we are location independent is it is it a are we should we be moving closer to them or should we be moving to the other side right. of the world yeah um and that uh, was a popular debate of course yeah for everybody and, you know and that was a tough thing for us to uh make a decision on um and it's why we it's, it's a large reason of why we didn't move years ago is that we kept thinking, mm, I don't know if this is a good time, but you know, of course the reality is if you keep waiting, then it'll never, never be a good time. Um, but of course, sure enough, when we finally do make the move and we were moving with the idea that my parents' intention was to come with us just a few weeks later, they actually had flights, um, to come, come to Taiwan and, and live with us for like half a year. Um, but then my dad started having health problems right after we left. And so, um, it's been, that's been tricky. Um, I, fortunately it does look like they'll probably still be able to come over. Of course it's just delayed, but they'll probably be able to come over early next year. And then we'll have a good half a year together at that point 
as well. So, so we're still not apart that much, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's something that it, it keeps coming up and it's reinforced the idea that we, we have to stay flexible and, and do what feels best for all of us. So, yeah, um, oh, that's a great way to go about it. I'm glad to hear he's doing, he's doing a lot better and, this is right. This is the a big part of life, right? Your parents getting older. And then like you said, I mean, to your point, it's like, well, if you wait, they're only going to be that much older. So it, it's just so it's such an individual situation. But to think about setting up your life in a totally other country and you know, well, you've been able to do that in a pretty short amount of time in the grand scheme of things to come back and do it again if you have to is... Again, you could just you can always change your mind, reverse decisions. Being flexible, I think, is the you know. Yeah, so I, I know most people wouldn't be in the same situation, but for us, uh, one of the things that helped is that my parents are really supportive of of the move to Taiwan, yeah. uh, and they felt like it was a good place for them to be as well to yeah, spend yeah. time. So. So yeah, that's we not, had that yeah, that's intention. Not the case of, for everybody, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so we had that intention of all of us sort of um, of still getting to spend a good amount of time together just right. over there, and mm-hmm. um, and hopefully we can still do that. So, well, I mean, that could be another bit of advice we can draw out of this for anybody listening. It's just you know you can have that conversation with your family. It might not look like the same as your situation, where you know the family wants to move to uh, Bali with you or whatever, but. Perhaps they are excited about spending months in a place that you're in or meeting up somewhere in between once a year or whatever. And there are certainly ways. And I I know people that live near their parents and they only see them every couple months anyway. So it's like, well, maybe you'll see them more depending on your situation. There's a lot of situations out there, but I think it's just worth the conversation with your family if you want to relocate and you're worried about, you know, parents getting older in that case or whatever, well, let's all just talk about it and kind of see how this looks. And maybe there's a, maybe there are some exciting possibilities for, for this, you know, period of your life or whatever. So yeah, I guess I want to wrap things up with just this idea of looking at where you were and sort of the expectation you had around all this versus the reality of it, you know, how, how you guys are feeling, if it was like worth it kind of thing. Yeah, just kind of like your overall sort of takeaways, maybe some advice for people that are kind of in that process where you were earlier on, like preparing and then going and yeah, any anything you want to share here? Hmm. Uh, well, it's a lot. I'm- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the advice question is tough too. Uh, I, I I mean, without without more specifics, I guess it's tough to give good advice. So just very generally speaking, I think, I, I think just, um, just doing, just going for it. Um, if it's, if it's something you want to do, um, uh, go for it. Uh, don't, don't wait. We, we waited years and I, you know, it's something my wife agrees. Uh, she's the one who said it is that, um, we we could have done this years ago and it would have been just as good uh we didn't have to keep waiting um and i think that's that i think that's true to some degree i think uh of course personal circumstances might be that you need to sort of get certain things set up you need to get certain things done to to be able to do it in a responsible manner if that's if that's what you want to do you can also throw caution to the wind i think 
things will work out. But, um, but yeah, I, I think if uh, realizing that this is something that's very doable, um, I think is, is, is what I would, uh, in hindsight, if I were going through everything again, I would, I would tell myself that I, I can do this sooner and I can make it happen. Um, I it's personally like more doable than than yeah, you might think. You yeah, know? yeah. I and I, I think we're seeing that now as it becomes more mainstream, as more and more people have that location independence. I think and and are doing this um, and are choosing to to travel. I think uh, I think people are realizing it can be done. Uh, but yeah, for me personally, like I go back like over a decade and think I I could have done this when I was solo. Um, and single and I was just uh, and I thought about it back then and I was just afraid to to go for something like that on my own so um yeah that's that's it's probably the, the 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 most general advice that I could offer um for us like the nomadic experience was was fantastic and I definitely wouldn't trade that for anything um those eight months that we were traveling uh particularly the time in mexico when we were really like is all about new experiences um i think uh the expat time in taiwan has been good for our family but i think that's that's definitely um there's still a long a lot more to go to making it very successful we're just in the very beginning so far and in the honeymoon phase which is naturally exciting but you know i'm really i'm i'm generally a very realistic person i usually can give pros and cons which is why i was saying from the nomadic experience it's it's odd that it was just so it's such a great, great thing for us, and it's hard for me to 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 say hey, say bad things about just, that. You just got to be honest, yeah, right? Yeah. And if you're honest, <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> listen, man, I I'm so happy for you guys. It's awesome to just see all of the plans come to fruition, and that everybody's digging the vibes where they've been and all all the various parts of your journey and. I appreciate your presence in my life as a friend and I, I really look forward to staying in touch. And I, I just really appreciate that you got on board to do, you know, these, I mean, you don't really have anything to promote or anything. You're just like, Hey, I'm just a member of this yeah. listening community. I want to just kind of share my experience <laughs> offering that up and then taking the time to do the the two interviews, you know, this far apart and stay in touch and everything. It just really means a lot, man. So I definitely, I should, I should do promotion. I just, I'm just terrible at it. And I, yeah, but you can share I'll anything you want here. From, uh, not anything. You're <laughs> well, yeah, my, I mean, like I said, when I get back to Taiwan, I need to hit the ground running with, uh, with the music. Um, yeah, yeah, that's one thing I was going to say about Taiwan and, and perhaps expat life in general is that, um, you know, when I was last sort of fully in the music industry and business, you know, that was like a decade ago. Um, for me, like, it was always so easy to find musicians and and just like like if i wanted to play if i wanted people to to jam with rehearse potentially form a band it was just it, it, super easy online you could just connect with people and, and and filter out talk to people figure it out in taiwan i mean i yeah as i'm finding it sort of a roadblock um it's it's tough to it's, it's not like i can just go online and, and shoot out a message and then get like 10 musicians to respond saying yeah let's let's jam it's uh that's been that's been tricky um 
it part, partially because of the language barrier, I guess that's probably a large part of it. I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not f- very fluent in Mandarin and I cannot write at all, write, read or write. So that just, um, from an online perspective, perhaps that makes it tough. And so I'm, I'm limited to a much smaller pool. Uh, but yeah, I just haven't really known exactly what to do or where to go. Um, when I go out to shows and stuff, then I do meet people. And so that's pr- probably the best way to go about it. I haven't, uh, I did not do that a lot the first two months that we were there. Um, so that's probably something I'll need to do. But that, that was just something I had noticed when I was there is like, I didn't give it much thought beforehand because it's in the past when I've needed to meet musicians and find people to play with, it was so easy. And so I just didn't think about it before yeah. getting there. And you'll get there, man. I mean, yeah. like you say, you haven't fully dived in and yeah, yeah. You know, I had the same experience here in Norway, and when I kind of had that intention to start playing music with people, uh, and then I started really kind of putting myself out there a bit more. Like the bass player in our band, I met him at the playground. He was there with his <laughs> daughter. You know, yeah. the, the lead guitarist. He's a guy that was just my neighbor, and I just basically brought up to them, "Hey, do you play?" You know, I just started asking all kinds of people, "Hey, do you happen to play music?" Whatever, and you know, so wow. it'll it'll come, man. But uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm still waiting. I want to hear. You need to get back. You can get settled. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you know we're connected on WhatsApp and all. I'm hoping to start getting some audio files oh, sent yeah, over. Like, yeah. hey man, here's something I'm working on. <laughs> what do you think? Right. Uh, just uh, you know, if you need a little accountability, buddy, yeah, there. I appreciate that. Putting yeah. myself out there. Listen, man, I'm wishing you and your family all the best and and good health to your dad. I, I should, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't put it out there. So, um, I don't have a good landing spot. Like my website is a mess, but I guess if you go on YouTube, you could find the music that I'm going to be working on, but a lot of the music that I've done in the past on at project Maximus. So that's, that's my handle on YouTube. Um, and then just the non-music stuff. I have a YouTube presence as well. That's fire walking journey. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We'll find those and link to them, link up to them in the show notes. So Perfect. I need to follow your journey. Thanks, I, man. I appreciate it, Jason. It's, it's always fun to, to chat and catch Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Let's do it again soon. There you have it. I want to thank Max for just sharing so openly and for taking the time to be interviewed twice for this show to put together this very special Transition to Travel episode. I want to thank you, my friend, for spending the time to go on this audio journey today. It's fun doing a little time traveling. I love that. And one of the things that Max brought up was the fears when we were talking about that on the front end before his trip. He talked about practical fears. And then the other fears were sort of, I guess I'd bucket them into maybe mindset or lifestyle. And I never really broke down fears that way. I mean, fears are fears, right? We have to overcome them to do certain things we want to do in life. And I think when it comes to, let's say, taking quote unquote risks <laughs> or perceived risks in life, fear is a part of that process and overcoming fear. And, you know, is overcoming even the right word? Perhaps it's just letting it be there, letting it exist, but acting in spite of the fear. And I've found that that has been a great muscle to build over time. It doesn't always mean that the fear goes away, right? You could still be on the plane. You've done everything you could to set yourself up for whatever nomadic life or whatever you want to do. 
and there you are, you're still kind of nervous and, and maybe a month in you're nervous about other things and there's always stuff to kind of be worried about and have anxiety about. But when we think about practical fears, these ideas of what are we going to do for insurance, let's say logistics or you know flights or whatever the case is, I feel like in some ways maybe the practical fears might be good to tackle first if you're stuck because those are solvable problems, right? Like some of the practicalities behind travel are just solvable problems. It's not rocket science. I mean, if you look out there, you'll see there are plenty of people living this lifestyle, doing it, filling their lives with travel, and written tons of articles about it, as you know, if you've done research on anything. And you can find solutions to some of those practical fears. So I think that if we're looking at somebody who is maybe stuck in a fear-based mindset and it's preventing them from kind of moving towards a, a travel goal or a dream, whatever that is, perhaps this is a way to look at it. I don't know. I've never really thought about it this way until I kind of re-listened to this episode. But perhaps there's something to tackling those sort of logistical fears first and then building some momentum. Something to think about that I wanted to pull out. And this idea of uncommon visas, which we talked about, there are new visas coming out all the time. So you can be on the lookout for those if there are specific places you want to go. Uh, Just a lot coming from this episode. So I, I thank you so much for spending the time to to be with us here today and to listen to it. And I'm going to leave you with a quote that I think sums up a big part of the transition to travel process. This quote is a Zen saying. It goes, knowledge is learning something every day. Wisdom is letting go of something every day. That's powerful stuff. <laughs> letting go. I feel like that's a huge part of any transition in order to move from one chapter in life, go through a transition and move to another, there are going to be things we have to let go of and perhaps some of the fears come from not just uh, where we're going, sort of the unknown fears of of the beyond and the future, but maybe there's some fears around the things we need to let go of too, like a job or a certain career or an identity or a lifestyle. So it goes on both sides. So anyway, I thought that was a very wise saying. Knowledge is learning something every day. Wisdom is letting go of something every day. What can I let go of today? I don't know. I'll think about it. Maybe you can do the same. I'm sure there's something. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much. Always appreciate your presence here. And I wish you a great week. We'll see you next week. Peace and love to you and yours. Thanks again. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.